Well, well, for me, this is I think this is actually one of my first podcasts that I've been on in the art of culture thing, apart from our intro. Same. You guys did. Oh, yeah, you mixed the last one, didn't you? Yes. Oh, really? And then, Miles, this is actually going to be your first real podcast. Yeah, isn't first real one. Podcast. The last one was intro, so. Yeah. Uh, How does it feel to be on the actual podcast this time, Miles? Yeah, that's all right. I have to say, really. Um, yeah, and, yeah, should be pretty good. Nice. Um, in this podcast, uh, we are going to be talking about that kind of the creative process, being a creative in the world of creativeness. Yes, sir. Uh, we're going to talk about fashion, because I think that's something we all kind of share a, a, fa- a passion for. The passion for wow. passion for fashion, fashion Come um, on, talk about collabs in the world of fashion, and then also about kind of nostalgic feels. What what's been happening recently? Miles, you were talking about shows that have come back that you used to enjoy mm. as a young lad. Yeah, tell me, give me a hint on one of those. Um, not a young lad, but stuff I've been watching for the last couple like years have came back. Um, Hip hop related. Nice, cool. Well, that's coming later on in the podcast. But for now, it's all about the creativeness. Max, let's go. How do you feel being a creative in this world? Do you think you were you were born to be creative, or was it something that you kind of fell fell into? I think I fell into creative because I wasn't academic. Yeah, and because I wasn't academic, it was sort of natural to be like, okay, let's try stuff that doesn't involve numbers and doesn't involve words. Just one, it was kind of like, oh, Max can't do maths. And Max can't really do English that well, so let's just give him some stuff and just see what he does. And I feel like that's just really where creativity sort of comes from, is just kind of doing stuff that isn't academic and just seeing what you can make of it. Mm-hmm. Same for you, Miles? Yeah, pretty much. Um, went through school, I kind of really struggled with like maths and English, so yeah. any like artistic subjects I was drawn towards, and like same with throughout college, just kind of pushed that sort of way. Yeah, it is funny, isn't it? I guess in school, and it's something that they'll kind of push you towards. Is you're either like a sports person, or you're really educational, you know, really mm. academic. Mm. I don't, I never really felt like the art side was something that they pushed too much. I think unless you were like a really good illustrator, or you were really good with yeah, painting, then there was never really a side to creativeness like that. And like stuff with like graphic design, for example, you don't necessarily need to be good at drawing. Like I'm pretty mid. I'm not like great. Where I've got friends who are really, really good, mm-hmm. and I feel like schools and stuff didn't really harness that and especially as a young person that's kind of like quite shuts you down really whereas you can do it like most people can be good at creative stuff it's kind of just training like anything else yeah yeah for sure i think it's like it's difficult because if you think about it the industry that we work in now has really only come about in the last what would say 10 15 years yeah technically yeah um obviously you know filmmaking and photography has been around a lot longer than that but i'd argue the industry that we specifically us three work in has only been around for 10 15 years so going back to the time at school being a creative wasn't really something that would earn you money as such like it or unless you're in that top tier Mm -hmm. or unless you've been doing it for a long time it it could be argued that it was a less uh sustainable job role yeah um so i could see kind of why they would want you know if if They'd want you to focus on being academic and learning numbers and all that stuff to, so you could be more sort of suited to a, a job market. A real job. But now the job market is just like... So broad. You can do literally anything. Yeah. And like there's so... Like it wasn't until I left, excuse me, college really, and started looking at intermediate jobs that I realized like, I thought that there was only a handful of media sort of roles, but there are just thousands and thousands and thousands of roles that people can do. Mm. I don't know about you guys, but I remember growing up and only ever, I never really felt like there was many creative people around me either. I kind of, when I was playing, it was mainly when I was playing sport, when I was playing ice hockey, 
I remember being in the change room feeling like I was the only real person there who <laughs> enjoyed having a, my own personal laptop that mm-hmm. I was doing stuff on. Uh, I had friends when I was growing up who they didn't even have like iPods or they were never really into iPads or laptops and shit mm-hmm. like that. Whereas for me, it was like I'm always after that next, next bit of yeah. tech to create something with. Was it the same for you, do you think? Uh, for me, I mean, like, not design-wise, but I have friends who are really creative in, like, music. Yeah. Um, which I was, like, doing. I play drums, and like, I've done that quite a lot, like, throughout my life. So not maybe design Actually, no, my, like, one of my good friends, um, he's trying to be an architect right now. Like, so I've always had people around me that have been doing some kind of creative form. So, it's, yeah. Do you think there was a key moment in, in, your, in your kind of life so far that kind of spurred you into becoming more creative? Was it? Was you? Were you at college when you were like, "Shit, I have to make a decision and I have to choose a course that I want to go uh, down"? Or was it a uni that you made that decision? I feel like so. I don't know. I mean, I didn't know what to do when I was going between like school and college, uh, and I just did graphic design because I was like, "Oh fuck it, let's see what happens." Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of it. it was kind of necess- necessity that like, I just had to pick something that kind of worked. And then I was like, "I enjoy this. Let's go try out a uni." And then it kind of snowballed from there. But that first year at uni, I know I really didn't enjoy, like, graphics at all. So, yeah. like, it took a little bit of time to kind of tease out what parts of it I like and what parts I really don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, which I feel like a lot of people, they don't necessarily initially do something and don't like it. And it's like, you might enjoy that. You've got to find a specific area yeah. that is good for you. Because, like, typography, I hated. And now I'm all about that. I love doing publication stuff. So, I think definitely give stuff a chance. Like, let it kind of breathe a little bit creative-wise. Didn't you have a family member, Max, who was creative you've yeah, got a yeah, who's, yeah did that push you into becoming that yeah for sure i mean there was no there was never any pressure to like be like, i wasn't i wouldn't say pushed into being creative but no my <laughs> uncle was a um was a photographer an artist um and then later on a creative director and he was a massive inspiration just seeing the work that he was doing and seeing sort of the lifestyle that he was living as someone that took pictures mm-hmm. and 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 made art was something that I massively looked up to. And I was very lucky, to be fair, to... There was a, a few people that I, I sort of grew up with that, that were also very creative and, and, and had their sort of side hustles and their passions that they were working on. And I feel like being surrounded with them really pushed me to do the same. Um, but then I think it wasn't really until college when people that I didn't think were that creative or, like, had been put... At school had been put into that category of academic that then when they went to college or then after college when they went to university that's when they started to pursue that creative side of them and are now unbelievable creatives yeah that have inspired me to go on to do different things or inspired me to try something new mm-hmm. when even though back at school they were the academic one yeah which i thought was really interesting but no having a having a family member that was a creative definitely inspired me to pursue it so in a uh, so we've got some common problems here um problems have also kind of just things that I'll throw at you guys and we can throw it, throw it myself as well yeah. and these are about how, how do you stay inspired as a creative what's your like method of doing that because it's quite interesting for Max it's obviously quite very video focused visual media whereas for you Mars it's probably a bit like myself it's all I don't know publications and, and printed media where do you get your inspiration from? Um, Instagram Pinterest uh, I've got a few like websites that I go to uh, if I got a folder give us a top Mac. give us a, a few of those um, spill the beans Oh, I'm going to type something. Like, I have a folder. I don't really know what they're called and just kind of click on random ones. Uh, Behance is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of shows I watch, uh, I just kind of see stuff or like random type or like if I'm walking around, um, I'll generally take photos of things. Like I was in Cardiff ages ago and like, I saw that this sign, I can't remember what it was for and I was like, that's like gnarly as shit. And it was just like some really bland shipping company or something. Yeah. Um, 
So whenever I see random stuff, it's out and about, but mainly social media. However, you know, there's stuff, like I said, that example, there's things all around the place. Mm-hmm. How about yourself? Uh, I would say social media as well, to be fair. I think there isn't really a, another platform or there isn't really another medium that allows for content to flow as rapidly as social media. So I feel like there's always something new popping mm-hmm. up, whereas like film and stuff like that, like, yes, there's always new stuff coming out, but there's a lot of the films that I see anyway are somewhat similar. So it's, it's unlikely that you'll see someone do something absolutely outrageous and completely, you know, never done before. Yeah. Whereas on social media, you'll get someone, you know, taping a camera to a ceiling fan or something, or, you know, like you said, like taping, putting a camera on a garage door or something like that. In yeah. The film you watch. Yeah, like, mm. I feel like you get much more of that on social media because people are like, oh, social media, I'll just try it. Um, but then, I also feel like I went through a phase of always feeling like I needed to be inspired or always feeling like I I need, like, I used to feel like really shit if I w- was going through a bit of a creative rut and I wasn't really feeling that passionate about it and I wasn't really feeling that inspired. And I feel like through working freelance and then working for different companies and now ultimately like working here after sort of putting in those hours, I realized that you don't actually need to be 100% inspired 24-7. Yeah. Because I feel like that's a way that you're going to lead to either feeling shit about the work that you're producing now or just burning yourself out. I think that's something that took me a while to really understand. Yeah. But yeah, definitely social media. Pulling inspiration from social media is a massive thing. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, I think for me, I definitely think this is a really interesting point you made there about sometimes being too inspired can actually be a bit of a, a bit detrimental. Couldn't bombarded it? by like, yeah. cool ideas. Then you, know, like, like, you pick nothing out yeah, of them. Like, holy shit like everyone's creating so much cool stuff around me but why aren't i creating this much mm. cool stuff like and, you, and then you start to doubt your own ability to actually mm. create something cool um inspiration for me i think is i i can't help but for me traveling it's like whenever i go to a new place i love going to london i love going to shoreditch and mm. to uh, just a really creative hub i always come up with new ideas always picking up leaflets and you know taking photos of like like you say just taking photos of typography on walls i remember going to cardiff and i was like in the, in the car and I had to just like take photos of like billboards and stuff like that and it's just like these little snippets of like other mm. people's design work in real life can really kind of inspire you when you come to creating your own stuff um, and then individuals as well what who what individuals out there kind of inspire you are there anyone on Instagram in particular I love a uh, cinematographer called Danny Gewurz he's a he's an American based cinematographer um, he's actually a YouTuber and I found him on YouTube um, but the work that he produces is just like the look of it is amazing. Mm-hmm. So I'd say he's probably one of my, like if I could emulate anything and lot or like have a style that's close to anyone, it would probably be him. Yeah. Yeah. Miles? Uh, top of my head, nothing comes to mind. So no. I've got like a bunch of accounts on Instagram, but yeah. I really kind of just follow it. I see some cool stuff. I'm like, that look nice and kind of just flick through it. I do remember the pressure of when I was growing up getting into photography and not knowing any famous photographers yeah. and instantly yeah. like trying to like revise like okay I really like this person then like having a list of yeah. people but I probably couldn't even remember yeah. any of the photos no. but in my head being like I have to know five famous photographers or yeah. else someone a real photographer is going to be like what kind of photographer you, guys, you don't know what you're on about um, I'm kind of the same now as cinematographers like if you said like I'll rattle off five cinematographers or who, who shot this yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know I just know that it looks cool I used to go that at uni quite a bit like people would name it oh, I love these studios yeah. and I want to like intern there and you're like oh what ones do you like I'm like uh, yeah, I saw some stuff that was cool. I didn't really know who, like who it is, but it's like a dick waving contest. Sometimes it's like a, oh, I know like, this, yeah. I know this. 
I, I couldn't think, take yeah, it. It's like a, a subtle way of being like, are you serious about what you do? Mm. Yeah. But I feel like it's just... Oh, he's just kind of thrown me up when people did that and they like named stuff and I was like, I don't know these people. Yeah. Like, should I know this? And like, yeah. I looked him up afterwards and they were like really big design things, but I don't think you need to know that stuff. If you want to kind of do it, just make whatever. Exactly that. And what about creative burnout? You said it earlier. Have there been times when you felt quite, yeah. quite in the hole? Yeah, massively. Uni was a deep, deep pit of really? burnout. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. What'd you put that down to? Just the... the... Was it time pressure or people yeah, pressure? Yeah, it's like, it's like time pressure financial pressure because you keep thinking like i've paid so much money to be here i need to make sure i smash it out of the park yeah um oh there's a whole load of different things um that i'm sure students across most courses will can resonate with things like you know you get given an open brief you can do whatever you want but it has to fit inside these really, really constricted yeah, right. parameters. So it's, not open. so it's like kind of like a false brief where they say you can do whatever you want as long as you do this, 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 this. Yeah. Um, which then naturally will lead to, you know, you burning out and you're constantly around people that are doing the same thing as you. So it's like, ultimately you're coming out of uni to find a job. So you're making all this stuff surrounded by other people that you're essentially competing with in a way. Yeah. Um, which I found quite not stressful but it put it really pushed me to make sure that everything that i produced was banging because all i was thinking about was at the end of this these guys are going to be sending their portfolios off to to media houses or to whoever as well as me Mm -hmm. so i need to make sure that i'm on top of everything and i'm making my work as good as it can be but i think going back to what you said about sort of traveling that kind of thing going on day trips creating content for yourself that's the stuff that got me out of creative ruts and out of burnout just stepping away from it and just having fun with it again yeah that's the stuff that got me out yeah yeah i think for me like burnout for me sometimes i get that recently it's just like if you if you overcreate the same stuff yeah like so with social media content recently i've been like making quite a bit of that and it's like okay i've made this much of it and then i suddenly get to the end and i'm like I feel like I've just run out of ideas. Yeah. Mm. And then and then it's really hard to then research or like find someone who inspires you to create mm. the next batch of ideas. It's quite hard to do yeah, that sometimes. For sure. Do you find it with graphics at all? Yeah, definitely like all the time. Um you do like a one kind of single style and just keep doing it especially with social media. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's kind of pretty easy to kind of push these out and you're like, oh, it's just the same posts like yeah. four times in a row and you're like, oh, and then you just keep doing that. Uh going back to like uni as well, I'd find that with like you just get some briefs that were kind of purposely awkward to get you to the idea was so you'd think outside the box yeah, yeah. but I don't know you get really stressed with everything else and like mm. you kind of get stuck on one idea but like, I, I find I like fixate on like one idea way too much sometimes yeah um, that like doesn't need to be that deep like like today for example I was working on a project and um, I really wanted to do this one thing and it's like I didn't need to do that I could just leave it and just like jump on something else so like yeah. do like a really simple idea it doesn't have to be this big mountain of like design or like photography yeah. or whatever like it's better to kind of go it's fine to be a good simple idea sometimes 100% that's such a good point to be fair like I I for the longest time thought that every single thing that left my computer had to be A1 mm. winning award like was gonna win awards mm-hmm. and all this stuff obviously it was never gonna win an award but it needed to be the best every single thing that I worked on had to be the best thing I've ever produced and I think letting go of that and realise it like I'd work on videos and get half of it and be like this this doesn't hit like I thought it was going to. Yeah. But that's okay. Like obviously client work's different, but then you have more time and you put more like thought process into that because you know and ch- and usually you're hitting a brief. 
which yeah. makes things a lot easier. But if it's a personal project or you've gone out with your mate to do a photo shoot and you get back and the photos are shit, like sometimes you just have those shoots. Yeah. And What's like, your um, like go-to thing when like you make a project and you hate it? Like you you get halfway through and like I hate all of this. You scrap all <laughs> you fight through it because I have sometimes where like I'll make something and like I think this is awful and it might not be that bad, but I'll just scrap it. Like you just keep fighting yeah. through it, trying to twig it and like tweak it. Sorry. So usually I'll give myself a day or two. Like if it's a big project, then obviously you know that can stay for a little bit longer. But I'm a big advocate of. Once I've established in my own, own head that I don't like it, it's very unlikely that I'm going to be able to bring myself around because yes. I'll always spot, like, I didn't do that right, that's not lit right, whatever. And I think I'll give myself a day or two, and if I can't fix it or I can't get to a point like, okay, yeah, no, I can work with this. If it's still at that point by the end of the two days, then it's just like, right, that was a, that's a write-off. Yeah, let's, le- let's leave that on to the next one. Just whatever I didn't do right this one, I know how to fix it now moving into the next one when you're talking about stuff like that what about confusing revisions that was one of my points here how do you deal with clients that are giving you revisions that are uh, not the most agreeable i any top tips communication mm-hmm. comms is so 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 key and ironing out exactly what is expected is I found, especially working in video, is one of the biggest things that you can do. Is starting off a project, you need to know exactly what you're hitting so that to pre- preempt that. Yeah. Um, but then also just, I don't really know to be honest. I'm, it's, I'm not gonna lie; it's something that I'm still trying to. Yeah. Sort of I, d- I think it's something out. you never really crack. Yeah. I think with video as well, though. So, like with a project that we've just shot, we just shot like what was it two days out on different locations, one in Cardiff, one in the Cotswolds. But the client's with us for the whole time and they kind of were within the area that we were shooting so they knew roughly what we were getting. So they'd like, okay, we're at a landscape. We'll get this landscape shot. We're in an office, office shots, et cetera, et cetera. So it's quite tight. It's quite refined, isn't it, in what they're going to get. Yeah. Whereas I guess with design miles, it's like, oh yeah, can you just make me a poster with like yeah. this copy and this and a few photos? And then it's like, hand over to you. And if they haven't given you much detail, it's like, there's so many variables, isn't there, with graphic yeah, design? Yeah, because like, what I think is cool could be completely different to what they actually want. Yeah. Um, I feel like transparency or like making mood boards is the best thing to do for clients. Like, yeah. If you kind of say, like, I love this sort of style, and I'm like, all right, cool. You're just saying, like, I'll kind of do whatever, make it look cool. That's the, like, worst thing. Yeah. But I don't know, awkward about, I've not had too much, because obviously I've only been here for a little bit of time. And, like, prior to that, I was kind of doing things with friends or, like, friends of friends. Um, so the communication was pretty transparent. But I don't know, really. Um just keep working at it, I suppose. And yeah. like, yeah, kind of take it to a literal sense. Um, don't try and overthink like what they send sometimes. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm, like before I like, I've looked at stuff. I'm like, what is that? And like, just take it on surface value. Like, oh, it's just this. Yeah. I um, think you have to sort of detach yourself from the work almost mm-hmm. like not in a bad way, but like I've worked on passion projects where it's like, I'll spend weeks on one shot, making it perfect. And then, you can't you need to detach yourself from stuff like this especially at the rate that we're putting out content and the rate you know we're working on multiple video shoots a week mm-hmm. or multiple edits a week so it's like just because you think this should be done this way or this shot should look like this or this shot should hold on just for a couple more seconds because it flows a lot nicer in the film mm-hmm. just because you think that doesn't mean it's right and the client might not want that. So detaching yourself from it and thinking this isn't my baby, this is someone else's. I'm working with them to produce it for them. Yeah. If they want it, 
that's fine. I can do it. It's well within my power. Like I, I'm capable of 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 cutting this clip three seconds shorter than it than it is. So I just do it. Yeah, because it's not mine. It's theirs. I think I'm slowly kind of finding that like you don't have to take it too personally. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. kind of take yourself like you were saying away from the project. Of, like this is what they want. I'm gonna do it. And then like if you can get a middle ground in there, then perfect. But if not, it's not that bad. Like. I know I was doing some posts for um, Ben's LinkedIn mm-hmm. and like I did this style and um, I thought I hated it. I was like, I'll be honest, I was like, I do not like this at all. And like I kind of messed with it for a few hours, really didn't get on with it. And then like after having a discussion and kind of going back and forth, got to a point where I was like, all right, I'm just going to commit to it. And I ended up making something that I'm actually like quite happy with and like I actually like the work. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, like I said earlier, just keep working into it and try and find like hopefully a middle ground. But if it's not, it's not an issue. Like there'll be other projects. Yeah. It's not always going to be the most engaging, like fun thing, but. You know, it is a job, so you kind of have to do it. Yeah. yeah. What's your top tip? Mm. I, I echo massively about the communication side. Luckily yeah. for us, as as the creatives, we've always got kind of got Ben to lean on for that. Yeah. There's always kind of a middleman between the client and the creative, and I think mm. even when it comes to shooting, I like being the middleman between you and Joss when we're filming mm. and the client, so I can kind of the client gives me their expectations and I can kind of lay that over to you, and then hopefully I can decipher what they want and deliver deliver that to you in a clearer yeah. way because they'll hit me with some random shit. Um, revision wise, like just just really pay attention and like just take your time with it mm. like i remember in my previous job <clears throat> i was doing a whole range of posters um and there was loads of links for like images and stuff like that and i was working between photoshop and indesign and i was creating like an a4 a5 web posters all this but with the same kind of content um and i adjusted one little bit of content and it completely threw the whole thing off but i didn't notice it oh, so i was exporting pdfs with like yeah, old yeah. images and stuff right. they were about like little headphones and stuff so just really just like take your time take a breather and just make sure that you've checked everything before sending it yeah mm-hmm. and like when it comes to pdfs like once you've written a pdf open that pdf up and zoom in and check copy mm. like text <laughs> like typos i mean typos like yeah. we literally yeah. installed a we installed a massive vinyl at the brew now and there was a huge typo on it i spelled you are wrong i spelled <sighs> it like you i spelled it y-o-u Y-O apostrophe U-R-E or something stupid like oh, that. I the apostrophe no. in the wrong place. It got signed off by four people, but no one noticed it. Had, it had, had we all just taken five minutes, just double check, it wouldn't mm. have happened. Luckily, the guys at Aura can rip it out and put it back up, but that's pretty tragic, yeah. Just double check everything. Yeah. Um, I think that brings us to an end on our creative topic. Nice. Joss, is that all good? Joss, thumbs up. Um, that takes us to our second topic. This is more of you boys, I think, when it comes to the whole world of... Uh, Highbrow fashion, not highbrow fashion, but kind of streetwear fashion. <laughs> I mean, this is not right. Yeah, streetwear is kind of more appropriate, I'd say. Yeah, let's, I suppose. let's discuss that. I'm a bit of a catfish. I don't actually know as much as I let on. Wow. Yeah. What a twist. I like to think I You, you do pick up quite a bit of your own stuff, though. You've got a few uh, decent pair of shoes. I think, yeah, I think we're, as an office, we're a pretty well dressed office, I think. Yeah. Like, as far as, well, sorry, studio. We're not an office, we're a studio. Uh, as far as studios go, I think we're pretty well dressed. Um, recently, been trying to, bring that well-dressedness into more functional stuff yeah like uh the four-wheel drive shoes that we which that are we've all been very fond of uh mine are hockers and yours are at Re- Reebok, Reebok, something Reebok, yeah because um, we find ourselves on shoots in the middle of nowhere uh usually in the wet usually up a hill somewhere um and wearing all white shoes to a location like that as i found out is not ideal so thought i'd better invest in some 
four-wheel drive shoes, some Gore-Tex, some waterproof trainers. And finding that crossover has been really difficult, I can't yeah. lie. What's, been, what's your inspiration, would you say, and what you wear? Uh... Would you say you've Comfort. always you, would you have you always dressed like this? Was is it changed? I've been dressed. Yeah, I've dressed like years? well since college. I look back at pictures of me first year of college and I die yeah. a little bit inside. Yeah, <laughs> like, jeans and everything. Yeah, like, god, like, just not not good, not good. I all um, like cargos and kind of loose fit and trousers around. Yeah, yeah. I think comfort above everything, really. Yeah. Now, I think when, when I was at uni, it was more like you're caught up in this race of like oh, i've got to look sick all the time mm-hmm. but then i feel like working here you want to look nice because obviously interesting fashion like you like like we were like looking good but at the same time you know wearing flat shoes on a 14 hour shoot or a 13 hour shoot you're gonna break your feet yeah so you need to make sure that what you're wearing is good or is, is suitable to what you're doing every day and i feel like wearing comfortable sh- comfortable stuff has taken a major front seat in the past like eight months what about you miles what inspires you what, where do you get your sense from your dress sense from where would you say has it changed Have you, were you like were you secretly an emo back in school or something uh, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't say that my friends might say different uh, <laughs> really <laughs> i mean i used to wear like skinnies and that sort of stuff yeah. um but yeah like just kind of a lot of cargoes and kind of loose fitting things um many from like workwear sort of stuff like, i wear like obviously a lot of dickies yeah. carhartt um and like hip hop kind of clothing, that sort of stuff is generally my, I think, main takeaway. Mm-hmm. Like I just kind of see that or like be amongst that sort of kind of culture, and then kind of yeah, take bits from it or like drum and bass sort of stuff. Like I mean, yeah, like, like cargos and loose fit shirts, kind of cozy, but also a little bit kind of high fashion yeah. sort of stuff going on. I mean, today's not a great example because I'm wearing regular bands and stuff, but I wear like <laughs> fat Air Maxes or whatever. Yeah. What's like, yours? Yours is more interesting, I feel like, because you flutter between. A fit that's like okay, like dad fit <laughs> yeah. to I'll the art director, ups, like absolute yeah, art director just steez, and you just come in like on a random Tuesday, just dripped out, <laughs> and then the next day you'll come in just like just Cash. like you just can't be asked uh, in the I'm, nicest way possible. <laughs> charity shop finds are a big part of my wardrobe. Uh, the shoes I'm wearing today, are charity shop finds. Uh, I've got like skill, I've way. got like Fial Raven like a really expensive Fial Raven coat that I found in a charity shop just just a, I, fit, I, I think a bit like you like comfy comfy shit but um, yeah I don't know where I mix it it's mm. just kind of cool I just go a bit weird with it like the other day That's I was right. in like my comms uh, converse with like a pair of like what just grey kind of workwear trousers like I was yeah, going to the sick. office or some shit and then I had a Burberry coat on and I was like throwing it out when you came, came in the office yeah. I was like okay yeah. <laughs> I turned up today yeah it's like I had a school interview yeah. or some shit mm. um, that's, that's the cool thing though I love that about like first of all I guess it's about being an adult and being able to just choose yeah. exactly what you want to wear and like owning that mm. um, I have I don't I think I have any reservations to anything I wear I think I'll just rock whatever I'm pretty sure I'm going to get a pair of cowboy boots soon I've heard about this for a long time. Yeah, now, yeah. Um, with Hannah working at Ariat, I'm pretty sure she can hook me up. So I don't know what I'm going to rock <laughs> cowboy boots with, though. Is it going to be like the whole outfit's based on just the cowboy boots, or like that's going to be a compliment <clears throat> to everything else that's going on? Yeah, they're just going to be a statement piece. Okay, so not the big cowboy yeah. hat. No, nah, like, just the boots. Just my shirt. Shorts. No Ram Ranch shit. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Ram Ranch, Miles. Please explain. Uh, how did this even come into the outside out bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's this awful song um, don't, don't listen to it but no a friend of mine sent it to me like um, 
For all of you uh, only listening at home, Ram Ranch, Joss has pulled up on the uh, screen here. You're going to wish you were watching this because it's a hot cowboy really, yeah, let's in his down. leather chaps. It's a meme song. So, yeah, it's a meme song. Uh, a friend of mine sent it to me, like, I think in 2020. Apparently it's been around for, like, ages. Um, mm-hmm. And I sent it to another friend of mine. It's kind of just, like, exploded from there. And, like, it's just uh, every breeze it comes on. Like, it's... Every breeze. I would, I would say so, yeah. My uni mate's like, oh, just for fuck's sake, and it'll what just come on. So I just hear like, the, the guitar melody, and it's just... It's a pre-night-out ritual now. Pr- yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Um, or like, if everyone's hungover, that just gets blaring out. You have some pretty wild uh, pre-night, pre's before you go out to most night out, right? Didn't, didn't the other day you were saying that you were just drinking red wine or some shit, and you had like Mickey Mouse playing on in the background? On the oh, projector? no, this, this was a while ago. So we were doing like, a sophisticated night, so we bought a bunch of really kind of cheap wine from co-op. Um, and I like put some like classical music on and just got like fairly fairly drunk as like a whole thing just depending because we would be like you know gentlemen sophisticated yeah sophisticated esteemed men what were you wearing to that were you all I... in like black tie and shit or not no I didn't go that far I just kind of wore my like regular clothes yeah. um, I think the music and the kind of the wine the way I was that speaking was that was enough and yeah. you changed your vocabulary as well yeah, yeah just, speaking. just for the evening yes <laughs> like a refined gentleman yeah exactly you know the wow. finer things fine wines and I should try that on the next company night out yes Want to see a full tuxedo, like a top hat? That's what I'm saying. Monocle as well. Yeah, I'd love to see Joss in a top hat. I could definitely see it. Strapping head's quite, <laughs> head's quite big though, so I don't know if I get one. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Sorry, Joss. Um, that, that's fair enough, mate. Well, actually, talking about fashion and the and the mix of fashions and stuff, uh, should we talk about the mix of streetwear and um, performance wear? Yeah, man. I think generally, just speaking about that, I think uh, has there been a rise in it, or do you think it's always kind of been there? And we just, well, I've just never noticed it. You guys have been in it longer. It's a tough one, I think. Because I, I don't really have an answer to that. Because it's like, I'd say it's more time-based. Like, 90s fashion is coming back. It's, it's yeah, less YTK's now about... It's weird to me how, like, I, I must have been happening for ages. Big brands, like, really well-known. Like, you'll get kids that will know about Supreme and Palace and all sorts of stuff. And, like, I swear, this probably did happen when I was, like... I don't know, like 13, 14, I didn't care. Like, I wasn't mm-hmm. on my radar at all. But mm-hmm. I feel like now I walk around and see some kid in a fake Gucci shirt. I'm like, what? Like, do, yeah, do they know? Yeah. They, do they care? I don't, I don't understand. Like, um, and that might be with social media, people kind of being more conscious of that sort of stuff. Or like, oh, this is cool. So I have to kind of try and get to that maybe. But definitely in the last, like, what, five, ten years, like streetwear like, is just yeah, yeah, skyrocketed yeah. with like big brands <laughs> and kind of collabs as well. Like that's you know, a big thing. I think people establish that the sort of skate scene and the 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 image of not caring and the image of like function over everything else has become more appealing. Mm-hmm. So like you know like baggy tra- baggier trousers, mm. uh, you know like workwear kind of thing, like stuff that's built to last. Mm-hmm. Well, it used to be all like fitted stuff for the last. Like, yeah. 2010s it was all like fitted yeah you used to piss out people who wore like baggy, baggy stuff je- yeah the idea of wearing baggy jeans then is like oh my god yeah, boy, it. now it's like yeah that, that's where it's at it's but then just... like everyone loves that kind of aesthetic and like the aesthetic, like we were talking about the other day like you know private school kids dressing like mm. you know their <laughs> outfits are like the whole thing's like two pounds and it's like absolutely looks absolutely knackered they look yeah. like they haven't showered in days yeah, their outfit's worth thousands. Yeah. But it yeah. looks horrific. Yeah. Or it looks beaten. Um, but I feel like high fashion, 
houses are getting on that now as well. Mm. Like Balenciaga have just bought out these um, the new Converse, the new Converse ones. Yeah, can you pull those up, please, just that just Balenciaga look like, Converse. I mean, there is a niche for it. There's a market for it, hundred percent. Otherwise, I, they wouldn't have been bringing. They wouldn't have brought them out. Are these a bit too far though. The state of these Converse are something else, aren't they? Yeah, top left. Oh my God, they're like. Look at that. Oh, uh, that is. So they are insanely distressed. Um, they've got holes all over them, and the laces are. They're just. just and then Balenciaga's yeah. written on the bottom of the shoe. Yeah, I mean, I understand. I understand it because it's kind of like a you know high fashion houses. You think what do you think of? You think like clean, yeah, ri- perfect, like. It's sort of going against that. I think that's the whole point. Gucci've been doing it for a few years. Um, they brought out, uh, I can't remember what the name of them is called, um, a pair of like dad shoes that were really distressed. I remember when they came out, everyone was like, oh my God, what the fuck? Like, these are like 800 pounds or like 1,000 pounds and they look like they're just beating up Zara shoes. Yeah. Are these bought to be worn though? Or they bought kind of, because obviously fashion runway shows, that a lot of people are like, oh, it's so crazy. No one would wear yeah, them. Yeah, like, yeah. The point isn't for you to wear it. It's like, and in a lot of ways, an artist expressing themselves, sort yeah. of showing kind of like a weird paying, for example, the same sort of thing. Mm. Um, are those designed? Yeah, no, these are, no, these are so like, like made to wear, yeah. They're not like a kind of art. No, piece. no, no, these, these will be like, mm. you'll be able to go to Selfridges and buy them, probably. I'd love to handle them, just go down and see actually what they feel like and what they're yeah. like. like. I wonder yeah. what the inside, I wonder if the inside of them is distressed as well, or like the inside of the shoe surprised. is. I, I mean, it might be. Like, it, yeah. it might be just as a look at this cool thing that we can do. Do you think a lot of these houses though bring out sneakers that are fucked for the purpose of PR? Probably. Yeah, I guess we were talking. I mean, like Gucci do weird stuff all the time. People are like, "Oh, that's so crazy!" But it's it's just kind of to drum up hype or like get people chatting about it, and it works because yeah. right now we're doing that. Yeah. Um, There's a market for it. There's a hundred percent a market for it. Like the whole. You look back at like a good friend of mine is is um, into like sort of. I'd say 2000s, like sort of misbehave, undercover, Dolce & Gabbana, like all that sort of, that kind of scene. And the clothes that were coming out then were a similar sort of, not similar level of distress, but a similar kind of ethos. You can see the route that they're ta- that it's taken. Um, so I feel like it's not something that's been done massively, but it's not something that's new. What I think is new is the level that it's gone to now. Mm-hmm. The fact that a house, is, a house such as Balenciaga is bringing it out for the masses and is pushing it so hard that's something that's new mm-hmm. what about the world of collabs when you think about that are there any kind of ones that have stuck out to you i was just thinking there like was it travis scott who did it with Fortnite? yeah like that's yeah. pretty nuts isn't it as, yeah. a, as a general collab mm. i think it's genius yeah I think it's absolutely genius was that for the yeah. launch of his album that was purely a, an album launch yeah i think it was wasn't it? or no lo- launch uh, of the, the song yeah his new single but that was nuts what they did there, putting they, him on stage in a game. He he put himself in front of a whole new market. Do you, what do you think Arguably the wrong market. <laughs> did it not get taken up too well? I think it kind of, like, in terms of, like, my perspective of Travis, it kind of killed him for me. What do you think? Uh, I, I mean, you're probably more qualified to talk on this because you're, <laughs> you're the music head. I'm not a fan of Fortnite. I didn't, you experienced the whole, like, on yeah, you played it. Yeah. Um, so I don't can't speak for that too much, but yeah, it's collaborating with everything. Like he's done stuff with like what McDonald's. Like yeah, I used to be cool with collaborations, and now like there's so much, especially in fashion as well. With everyone's like, oh, we're doing a collab, and it's just, like I feel like a lot of brands kind of u- lose their unique style, and it's kind of just like it loses because before when someone's doing a collab, it was like, oh, this is a big thing. Like these mm. two companies that don't normally do stuff together are doing a thing, and it's going to be like different or like, amalgamation of both. Whereas now it's just like 
just looks like everything to me. I don't know. Like, yeah. There are a few that I get hyped about, but generally I'm kind of just like, eh, it's fine. I think it's very easy to tell a collab that's been like thought through and is like very genuine yeah. versus yeah. a collab that's like, okay, this is like 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 um the Gucci North Face collab. Mm-hmm. That's not a or in my head, looking at that collection, that's not a like, genuine thing. They're not putting shit out no, to be like, oh, we like we're two really we cool brands. We want to work brands. with these people because they're cool. Yeah. yeah, we can join forces together and make something that's really cool. This is. North Face Puffers are really popular right now. The Gucci print's really popular right now. Why don't we just smash the two together and we'll charge three grand for it? Mm. Make a shitload of cash. Yeah. 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 If it's like a big company and they support like a smaller artist or like a smaller company, I'm like, that's cool by me because they're giving them a bigger platform so they can kind of produce cooler work or have a bigger budget or whatever. So I'm like, I support that sort of stuff when it's like yeah. two big companies and not, not really doing anything. It's like, you know, because these are big name brands, people are going to buy it or people are going to reset it. So it's just gonna pull money in and like it doesn't feel sincere i mean they might be but from an outside perspective it doesn't feel like that no are there any underground collabs that you've seen that we might not know about anything you know off the top of your head what's like what's your top Sakoni and what uh this is i think it's only in Sakoni. um i got this uh a very long time ago it's all destroyed it's from a <laughs> i bought it from a yeah a shop in bristol that's closed now mm-hmm. um yeah it's just a kind of long sleeve tea with some nice uh, you, you recently picked up the palace Cameron oh Klein yeah, well, right? coming client. So I'm a bit of a hypocrite for getting that, because <laughs> um, that is two big brands just kind of collaborating. I would say Palace is like, I guess it's big in the skate world, but like generally, it's not like a high street name, is it? No. I say, I say Whereas like, like I know, North Face and Gucci are like huge. It's a high street name in the sense that people know about it, but I feel like it's not high street name in the sense like Zara is a high street name. Like I can walk I into Zara so, yeah. and buy anything. I feel like Palace is still that one was cool to me because they they do stuff with like people I like. Like they had Willem Dafoe on their. Um, ad campaign for yeah, that. Yeah. And I was like, that's cool. Like kind of incorporating him. Yeah. Um they did with uh, like Jonah Hill and people like that. They they incorporate yeah pop culture icons for me that yeah. I think I think out of the streetwear scene I prefer Palace for their collaborations. Like I don't whenever Supreme do a collaboration I think this is just it's not I mean Palace, a money grab. They, they do weird stuff with their ads. Like they do a lot of, kind of a lot of weird VHS footage or they'll, they'll splice it up with like old 80s musical like elevator music or whatever mm-hmm. um so that kind of creative output i, I quite like and like, mm. the strange designs they do yeah um i respect quite a bit but the palace stella collab is yeah. a big one yeah that, that's that. stuff like that's cool um doesn't feel too kind of disingenuous and like it's a bit tongue-in-cheek whereas like supreme's like they were that and now they're at a point that like they're so big that it's kind of just that any other personality is kind of gone mm-hmm. and it's just like oh it wouldn't be fun if we made a brick and it's like I guess it's, like, <laughs> it's just not like the same sort of thing. Whereas I don't know, it feels like the people who they collaborate with is because they care about those brands or whatever. Yeah. What about you? Cause you're in sort of streetwear, but you dabble in other things as well. You, you, mm. you like more sort of outdoor uh, brands. Yeah. I haven't really, I don't know. I don't know if collabs, I just think about like the rise of just general outdoor wear recently. Yeah. I just like, like Arcteryx, like, yeah. This is nuts. Like I, I heard I I knew about that brand years ago but was never really into it because I thought it was just mega expensive and at the time I was probably well into North Face and I felt like mm. the North Face stuff was like wasn't as hyped as it is now. So then it was like it felt a little bit more exclusive. Then suddenly like all the kind of big A listers in the world, like I guess like Skepta and, and yeah. Drake and everyone started wearing North Face and I felt like for me that devalued the brand of North Face massively. And I was like, I feel like I don't really want to wear North Face anymore because it's sold in JD Sports. Yeah. yeah. Whereas back then it was like, you got it online or you got it in like Cotswold Outdoor, or like mm-hmm. Go Outdoors and shit like that. 
Whereas now, I guess, like, Arcteryx is like... Do you feel then it's just because, hide. like... Because uh, Arcteryx was because of social media, wasn't it? It was because yeah. someone... I can't remember who it was. It Drake? Uh, pretty sure it was Drake, right? He wore... Well, yeah, Dr- yeah, Drake wore it. And then also it was... Um, off white Virgil he did a uh, Virgil did a a new mm. fashion show he did a, a big show I think it was in Paris or whatever right. he didn't he didn't ask for or get a collab with Arcteryx at all but all of his models on the runway wore Arcteryx jackets and Arcteryx actually said they have no, nothing to do with this runway show like yeah. this has nothing to do with mm. them because I think they still want to hold their roots of like being an outdoor brand and like the quality of their outdoor wear is really yeah. important yeah. Um, and they don't want to kind of I guess sell out to the world of you know, high that, fashion or whatever. That must take a lot in this sort of day and age where, like, because you could quite easily... You've got oh, play. Like, Imagine like, being the, yeah. the marketing director of Arcteryx thinking, I've just had the next five, ten years handed to me on a plate. Yeah. Like, Virgil Abloh, who is absolutely huge at the time, putting me on this pedestal, essentially. Yeah, and they could like, have he could have milked that so hard. Yeah, yeah. or they could have collaborated with pretty much anyone they wanted yeah. within reason. Um but yeah, it's, that must be insane. It's like, nah, we've got like our values. It's like, yeah, so like, we're a climbing company, right? And they just kind of, we're going to stick to that and support our like clients because their prices have stayed the same as far as I know, right? They're not. Yeah, I think they've always. Up. And the really interesting that, thing about Terex is they've got like a line. So they've got like three lines of clothing. I think they've got like performance wear, casual wear, then like outdoor wear or something like that. Right. And their performance is where like the high end jackets are. Yeah, that's yeah. what all the, all the kind of, you know, streetwear people at the moment are wearing this shit, which is like, I think it's like over a gram for a jacket or something like that. It's like eight, nine hundred pounds for a jacket. And it's like, it's people insane. are just casually buying, well, not casually, but they're buying this as a statement piece. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's just nuts. Um, another collab, which I thought was quite interesting, which you'll probably be into, is the Dior Air Jordan. Yeah. That like, was, that's pretty that's nuts. That was, nice. yes, that was yesterday. That was like last year's drop, right? Was that 2020 yeah, or 2021? Yeah, it was 2020. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It was, yeah. That was, like, when I saw that coming out, I didn't think it was real. I thought they were customs that oh, someone really? had made. The f- I remember seeing the first like a leaked picture, and I was like, "There is no way." But I think after you know Supreme Louis Vuitton and I can't remember there was another major collab around that time. Mm-hmm. It might have just been Supreme Louis Vuitton. To be it fair, it is strange how like big brands were so not like Gucci and stuff were so against collaborating with yeah, like, yeah, Supreme well, that sort of stuff. I think like for all that Supreme is now and like y- y- you know the its sort of downfall it did kind of open the yeah. gate and allow that. Like, I don't think no, like Dior well, I mean, like, Air Jordan would not have happened. Happen. I don't think. Well, they lifted no. Supreme lifted, um, Louis V's like symbols for like a deck and a box logo. Like yeah. year, way back. Pretty sure they're going in trouble for it. Um, which is strange. Cause obviously then like years later, they were collaborating with us. Yeah. That, like, <laughs> like, Hey, why are you taking our stuff? Yeah. Which is just bizarre. But, the world. Uh, I've just, re- just reading here that the the Dior Air Jordan One retailed at two thousand two hundred pounds for the high tops, two thousand for the lows, and they now resell for up to ten grand on StockX. Jesus, Christ. can you imagine picking those up? Can you imagine like wearing? Those I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, <laughs> the the thing is, the people. I would argue that the people that are buying those, like genuinely buying those, not like influencers that are buying it just to post a picture and then sell them. The people that are like genuinely buying them to like wear or or you know, put away in their collection are not fussed about 10 grand for a pair of shoes. Because no. realistically, you're not dropping 10 grand on shoes if 10 grand is a lot of money to you. I'd, yeah. I would argue mm-hmm. there's much better things to spend your money on. Yeah. I mean, they're like art pieces, essentially. Yeah. Just well, yeah, yeah, yeah. house and look at it. I mean, it's like anything else, even though it's a like, form of a shoe, it's still been like... Oh, yeah, it's collectible. Yeah. It's collectible. And then the final one, 
the collab would be the Omega Swatch. Oh, big. Oh, huge. How's huge. it feel about that? Josh, do you mind pulling some of those up, please? I don't know what this is. The Omega Swatch. Is it Omega? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, again, this is, this is just collectible stuff. Like, I'm massive. That's part, part of the reason why I like fashion so much, because I'm big into collecting things. Mm-hmm. Like, my girlfriend and I have quite a big collection of shoes. Um, they're not all the most hyped shoes. They're not all the most amazing uh, shoes in the world. Some of them are cheap. Some of them are more expensive. But I just feel like that idea of collecting things and, and, and building like a nice variety that you can show. I quite like the idea of that. Not show as in like, oh, look what I've got. But also like when I go home, I've got all my boxes stacked up. So yeah. it's like it shows variety. It's it's expressing myself in that way. And I think that's what this was. Um, also a bit of a cash grab. Also getting more people into watches. Um, but basically... For those that can't see, Omega, which is a very well-established luxury, well, yeah, I'd, I'd class them as luxury watch um, company. Like that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you you think that, but for for the watch market, they're actually not that bad. Um, these retailed at what under these retailed pounds. at two hundred pound. Yeah, two hundred. Yeah, um, but Swatch are a very attainable watch company. They've been making watches for years. Um, they collaborated with Omega, so it was kind of it was seeing so Swatch group actually own omega oh really yeah so swatch group own a variety of different um uh watchmakers they own omega that's one of them uh and swatch make you know sort of entry level watches all the way up to you know like i don't know what you class them as but like a couple hundred pounds um and they collaborated with omega to create a cheaper version of their speedmaster joss i don't know if you can pull up a picture of the omega speedmaster um this is like a f- five six grand watch um absolutely like it's just beautiful but yeah so they collaborated with swatch to make this i believe it's ceramic something it's basically plastic um yeah just a plastic version of it uh and you know they branded it in such a way um with like the whole this whole mission to mars thing a mission to the moon like sort of tied it in with uh sort of lunar exploration um and it sold really 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 well didn't it 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 got to a point where i think that there was queues of people waiting outside the swatch shop in london they had two shops in london camden was one of them wasn't it It yeah 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 and um people swarmed the shop and they ended up having to close it and put the shutters down because people were just like rushing it so hard i think it sold out like instantly and it was available at like 3 a.m in the like, online like that, yeah i remember my uh my girlfriend's dad getting up apparently got up at like at, on drop time he's like you know like mm. nearly 60 years old but he was even hyped on something like that which is so crazy that like a drop of i guess two big brands that have always been around are getting people in their 60s and yeah. excited yeah that's that's i was on a shoot that day and i remember having a four-hour window before i had there was one bit where we were filming in the morning and then we we're filming again in the afternoon uh, and I had a four-hour window in the middle where you know it was kind of just go. Oh, we'll meet back here at the end of the uh, at the end of the afternoon. And I was literally this close to taking the underground back into central London to go to the Swatch shop to go and get one. Thank God it didn't, because obviously they closed it all down and and it would have been faff getting back. But I've actually seen some reviews that they're actually not as good. Really? As, well, it's it's a Swatch at the end of the day, so it's taking the Omega badge, the Omega design. Um, but it's got a swatch movement, so the actual internals of the watch is swatch, mm-hmm. and it's plastic. Yeah. So it uses the same sort of materials-ish as a normal swatch watch. Um, 
which goes for a lot less. Uh, so there's people arguing like, oh, is there any point in buying it? Because at the end of the day, you're buying a 200 pound Swatch, not a 200 pound Omega. Yeah. Um, but then there are people like, oh, this is a collectible. This is, you know, this is bringing luxury down to a more affordable price range. Um, and I'm not too sure on which side I sit. Mm-hmm. I quite like it because I like that it's bringing a more luxury tier to a more attainable market. Yeah. Um, and I also quite like the colors that they've done and how they've kind of pushed the boat out a little bit because I feel like a lot of watches these days look very similar. Yeah. Um, with the exception of, you know, ridiculously high tier ones like Richard Mill and, and Jacob and & Co and that kind of thing. But I think these watches are just something that's a little bit different. And I like that this has introduced so much more, pe- so much more, so many more. What am I saying? A lot more people to the watch game. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's crazy. It did, it did it right. It worked. Yeah. Because I'm even interested now. I, I I like watches, but never to a point where I was like, oh, I really want to get involved with this drop. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty mad. Uh, the final topic, Mars, which you're going to lead us with, is the nostalgic feels. And you were talking about TV shows recently. Yeah. So. Um... It's like, I think, yeah, three TV shows that I've been really into for the last couple of years. I kind of just had a hiatus for like two, three years. Um, so Atlanta's came back, which mm-hmm. is Donald Glover's TV show. Um, it's basically a hip-hop show kind of about uh, a rapper and his, um, like, Donald Glover plays his uh, manager. Mm-hmm. And like kind of all the weird stuff. Like It's really kind of hard to explain. It sounds really mundane. But there's so much like weird, trippy stuff that goes on. Um, it's mad that he's an actor in this. This yeah, is America. Well, he's like an actor, director writer and then rapper as well it's crazy um because charles Gambino, don clever same person yeah yeah um it's just crazy i mean this show kind of like wears all kind of his his influences on its sleeve like very obviously where's it available uh you can get it on i believe disney plus disney plus i might have to check that out i've never watched it i've never watched it either it's the way it's shot is is really really cool every episode will open up with um, the title oh, Atlanta yeah. being, being like a weird way so like uh, last week's episode was in Amsterdam they were in like an Amsterdam bar and there was like a sticker on the table and it just said Atlanta on it or like um, in season one there's a like a drink spilled and the liquid just makes up the word Atlanta it's like there's so much weird creative stuff they do with the shots yeah. uh, and like the choice of music like it's hip hop but then they've got um, like people like Tay Impala with tracks on it and then there'll be like some old R&B tracks or some like old soul stuff and like it's just a mixture of weird things like um, there's one episode just about an alligator at one point like that's like our main plot point of the episode and there'll be another episode where some like they're just trying to go around Amsterdam and like chill and do whatever like, there's is, so much... is, is every episode leading on to the next one? so there is like an overarching like theme and story yeah um, but generally like it is kind of a sitcom so there'll be like one off episodes that go oh, cool. do random stuff right uh, but there are like themes or like that will carry across from the whole season um, so one like last season was like robbing season so uh, like I think it's set during Christmas and like people trying to like yeah make money and kind of keep moving yeah um, but no it's it's yeah it's sick I'm just so happy it's back because there was like such a drought in TV for a little while yeah um, but I went back and like watched older shows uh, another show that came back is Better Call Saul which had like a um, hiatus pandemic kind of slowed it down so that's back I think it's on it's like fourth episode I watched one last night mm-hmm. um, and we were talking about the shot earlier basically. Uh, someone pulls into like garage and they fix the camera up onto a um like door and it slowly goes down yeah and it, like it's so you see from the ceiling it's a garage door and it pulls down to the bottom of the garage um there's so much like kind of creative cinematography as well as like just if you're a fan of breaking bad like, mm. it's pretty really good i need but... to give this another go to be fair, i watched I... the first episode yeah i've never watched better so i watched the uh, i watched breaking bad but not this 
I would give it a chance. I understand, like, the first season, to me, it's not slow, but I could see why you'd think that. Mm-hmm. Um, to be fair, I think I wasn't invested when I started yeah, watching it. I, I would definitely... Like, led me to flake it's, out. It's escalated so much. Like, this season is so much more, like, kind of moody and dark. Like, there's still kind of glimpses of kind of happy, fun little stuff, but it's, like... Is it still related to Breaking Bad? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's set prior to it still, that we're not quite at the same timeline as Breaking Bad, but it right. close the final season. Okay. And your final show, was there three or two? There was three, yeah. Um, another show I watched with is called Barry. Um, Never heard of that. It no. is about, it's on HBO, um, and it's about a hitman that wants to become an actor, which sounds <laughs> really, really wow. dumb. Um, I promise you it's not. It's like a really kind of, it's dark comedy, but it's like quite silly as well oh, at times. Wait, no, I've seen, it. I've seen this. Um, it's on HBO? Yeah. How do you watch that in the UK? Um, it's on Now TV, I believe you can watch oh, it. Oh, sick. About to drop you in it, yeah. I pirate this, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, it's solid. And again, like the way it's shot is insane, and like just some of the actings because he plays someone who can't act, um, like quite believably. And then there are some scenes that'll be like really, really intense. Um, I can't really talk about any of the stuff because there's so many like little spoilers, but cool that had a highest for a while, and it's back, which is nice. Nice, do you think that Atlanta or what came first, your mu- your love of music or your love of Atlanta? Did Atlanta oh, get first. you into into um, kind of No, I mean, I love Charles Gambino and, like, the stuff he's worked on. And I've been, like, listening to hip-hop stuff since, like, I think college. Because my brother showed me uh, Swimming Pools with Kendrick Lamar. Um, and then I listened to, like, a lot of Kid Cudi for a while. Okay. Uh, and that kind of just, like, snowballed from there. Let's just start, like, listening to, like, old-school stuff. And then kind of more, like, contemporary things. Like, I used to be really against, you know, you obviously know Playboy Cardi. Yeah. Like, Mumble Rap, I was like, oh, this is not the bars are stupid, all this sort of stuff. And then I was like... Take a step back and like kind of think about it as oh his voice is like a synth and the beats are kind of just whatever like the lyrics don't need to mean anything and I think once you kind of like take it back and stop being so like prejudgy you can mm-hmm. like, kind of enjoy that sort of stuff. But what are your thoughts on like Lil Pump and that lot then? That's where I draw the line. Um, <laughs> that, that is like straight garbage. But <laughs> so I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, but I know some some called like Hardy. I think his beats um, and his vocals on the most part are pretty sick. But what about what Lil Pump did for music, man? <laughs> Well, the uh, the song with Kanye as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's such that's a, a weird. Tune, yeah, it was a big tune, but it was such a weird time that I think about it. Like when he went all like Christian, and there was like like that block of just manic. That episodes. was just like a full like six months to a year of just oh, how many cash grabs can we make? Yeah, oh, the, the video when they were, were like, Roblox crazy. outfit, and then like they did SNL and the um like, the drink suits. If you got your left jaws. Yeah. Drinks, yeah. yeah. I just, I say when Kanye was on a madness, but he's Uh, well, yeah, he's he's always on a madness. I love Kanye though, too, right? Did Um, did you watch his documentary? His documentary, yeah, I thought it was good. It got a little bit kind of all over the place towards the end. Um, I fizzled out. I I mean, I don't love Kanye, yeah, I I did too. I like his music a lot as a person, like, he's a bit of a mess, yeah. Um, but music wise, do you think it's how do you think it is with someone like that who? Do you think he's got the right support around him without going too deep? Do you think he, he's obviously in some sort of mm. like state at the moment or maybe he's yeah, coming out yeah. of it, but like, fuck me, man. When you're that famous and you're that rich, do you reckon you just deny all sorts of like yeah, help and stuff? Like, yes, you just I mean, be like, I don't need this. Yeah, and like you say, yes, man, yeah. it's surrounding him. From what I saw from the uh, documentary, uh, it seems that like a lot of people, there's like a few kind of standouts that are decent, but there's like a few standouts that are good and then like maybe 10 other people that would just kind of agree. So that's yeah. going to kind of, you know, drown out the voices that are saying you shouldn't do this mm-hmm. um, and just kind of egg him on. I think, so, yeah, he's been, he's like had a group of hype men that just sort of gassed him up to do yeah, anything. 
Ed doesn't actually kind of take about step back and like, oh, you need to get out with this. Or yeah, it's like, oh, should is this a good thing to do? Mm. Is this is this the right decision? Yeah, but I think I still I still admire him. To be fair, especially yeah, like I mean, what he always... did for, with the streetwear and stuff like that. Mm. Like, so he couldn't like, his collapse, yeah. back to fashion. Like he's done bits like for the. He's Nike shoes. He's got his Yeezys as well. It's Balenciaga stuff. It's Gap stuff right now. Yeah, that stuff is questionable. Man. Was Yeezy, Yeezy was Yeezy's his own brand, isn't it? But that yeah. is that uh, still is it like it's under Adidas? Yeah, it's under Adidas. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. But it sounds like they gave him like basically full creative freedom because that's why he left Nike. Yeah, it's, it's for that oh, reason. Yeah, yeah, and then now he's gone back. Well, sorry, gone to um, Adidas the last like couple of years. But yeah, it seems like he got a lot more kind of creative freedom. The but, rise of those shoes, though. Yeah, they, they everyone hated them initially. I remember when they first came, people were like, oh, so ugly, but they bought them because of hype. And now, like, people love them. Like, I initially really didn't like them, and now, like, the really bulky ones, mm-hmm. I'm like, if I yeah, if they were going, I'll be like, yeah, should I buy a pair? Um, it's what, weird. What were you wearing sense. before that, around that time? Vans, I think. Vans, skinny yeah. jeans. Yeah, skinny jeans and Vans. Like, the 350, I remember when the 350s came out, and it was like, the holy grail shoe like everyone mm. wanted them everyone needed them i ended up getting a pair a bit later on just because the, like as a fashion photographer at the time i shot so many pairs of streetwear fits with yeezys in them yeah. that it was kind of like that unattainable thing like yeah. i'd rock up to shoots in vans and uh and you know a next t-shirt or something like that like yeah. a plain black next t-shirt and i'd be shooting outfits that were like two grand or like because yeah. at the time Yeezys then were going for like what five six hundred pounds yeah, like resale so yeah it was ridiculous so as soon as he, they became because remember he he like made a statement saying like oh, I want everyone to be able to buy a pair of Yeezys or I want everyone I want to make Yeezys like attainable mm-hmm. for everyone mm-hmm. um, and now I feel like he's actually done that because you can buy Yeezys for like yeah, they're, they're pretty for, not, for not that much now uh, some of them anyway um, but when he first released the those white the white three the all white 350s and they were like the more attainable one he did like what he released way more than he's ever released before i got a pair of them even though they were like i know these are going to kill Yeezys, but just because mm. like i've shot so many pairs of them and then for me they were like the shoe that i couldn't get but really wanted yeah now that they're dying out i'm just going to get a pair end up selling them a few years later but yeah. i was gassed to get them the life of the reseller indeed mm. nice the reseller did, didn't quite resell I think, I think that's the time there to wrap it boys yeah, I think we've done pretty well. We've discussed a range of shit. <laughs> I feel like it's been, I feel like I haven't stopped talking. Yeah, we've gone. I think it's been. Stuff. I think it's it's a nice podcast for us to have. I've I've wanted. I think I've wanted to like have this kind of podcast for a while, where we actually yeah. talk about stuff that isn't too camera related. It's cool. uh, yeah, it's quite cool. But it's cool to, to actually just, just talk about, about random fashion. Yeah, stuff. and we all kind of share this interest, and I'm sure a lot of people who will listen do too. Mm. Yeah, and if they don't. When I hope they enjoy it. It's it's going to be quite interesting actually because I feel like when you talk about fashion or music or something like that, you can rattle a lot of people. Very yeah, quickly, I, so. said, well, let's hope I know a bit, but a not lot loads. Of people. Some people are like, "Whoa, that's well, wrong." It, well, if there is anyone listening who actually fancies coming <laughs> so on so to sorry. for a chat about fashion or anything like that, yeah, come on, let us know. Come, come on, come on the podcast. Come tell, into the lines den. Tell me I'm inaccurate because wow. I probably am, but yeah, I would tell me to my face or in the comments below. Yes. If you're watching on YouTube or LinkedIn or wherever you're watching. There we go. Thanks everyone for listening or watching.